This is the Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither knows the Spirit nor sees the Spirit. But you know the Spirit, because the Spirit abides with you, and the Spirit will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So here I am back on my front porch, on my busy street, <laughs> by popular demand, actually. And, you know, um, one of the kind of sweet things of this um, time, this pandemic time of being sequestered and apart, um, is the chance to really invite you into my life and my home and my family in a, in a new way. Since we're so far apart ge geographically and, you know, my kids, my family don't participate at St. Paul as much as um, would be fun. Um, you know, these times sharing these videos has been a chance to, uh, to do that. So uh, welcome to my house. I don't know if you can see our hearts and our, our cutout words on our door are just all faded because we've been at this for so long. Well, what stuck out to me from the gospel uh, was that line that Jesus said, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. And just this week, I was talking with Dale. Uh, his dad died recently. And Dale said of his dad, he was my best friend. I don't know, I didn't ask Dale this specifically. Maybe he's feeling a, a sense of having been orphaned. Or maybe he does at the same time have this sense of how his father still comes to him, still lives in him and he and his father. I think we all have these kinds of experiences of being orphaned. You know, whether it's at the death of our parents, or if we were abandoned um, by our parents, um, or felt abandoned in some critical moment, or somehow betrayed or abused, um, this, this is a universal experience, I think. Even, even the best of parents, so even those of us who, who had the, the warmest, most loving 
parents, I think, have these moments. And certainly, um, those who were adopted among us know something about the like spiritual wound and the real trauma that comes with having been adopted. Even when, when they have been adopted, we have been adopted into, again, loving and warm families. There's, there's still a wound there. You know, some people give these kinds of wounds that we're talking about. Um, father wounds or mother wounds. <clears throat> and maybe that's what Jesus is speaking to uh, in this conversation he's having with his disciples. And how that time um, of anticipating Jesus' departure kind of resonated, echoed, touched on the pain of those mother and father wounds that the disciples carried. I mean, at the very least, um, can't you see that in Jesus' life and his ministry, what he was really doing is inviting people inviting people into a deep and intimate relationship with the capital P parent, you know, with God whom Jesus called Father, that we might call God the Mother as well. I mean, I, <clears throat> there are a couple of people who were that in my own life, uh, you know, um, I had a pastor when I was in college. Uh, we called him PB, Pastor Bear, um, at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Ithaca, New York. And he, in a lot of ways, showed me what I experienced as, as fatherly love. Um, he certainly invited me into his office to begin. I mean, I remember often I would uh, just in the breaks in between classes, I would just walk over to the church and see if he was around, and he almost always was, and his door was always open to me. I could just stop by and tell him anything about my day, what we were learning in class that day, or, or even go deeper than that. You know, that's a kind of a relationship that I never had with my dad and always kind of yearned for. And that, that, that yearning is part of what I mean when I talk about a father wound. And there are ways that God, you know, God provided a father. And, you know, maybe you noticed, we called him PB, Pastor Bear, and I sign off on a lot of my texts and emails and things as PC. <laughs> it's a little, uh, homage to him. I also had a, um, uh, her name was Audrey, um, Audrey West. She was a professor at uh, the seminary I went to and my academic advisor. And in, in a similar way, uh, there, there's a way in which um, in that kind of deeper and spiritual way offered a kind of motherly love. Um, a kind of a supportive um, presence. Um, somebody who um, was witness to 
um, ups and downs in my life. Um, somebody who I knew was always rooting for me. Um, somebody who could be a listener and also a guide. Um, yeah. God provides lots of mothers and fathers for all of us. I think we can, hopefully, I, I, I hope, I pray that you can, maybe if you, if you understand, if you hear what I'm saying with this mother and father wound stuff, that you can look back at the people who were, um, were the mothers and fathers that met that yearning uh, or need uh, that you had. That's what, what Jesus did, um, inviting people into that kind of a relationship with, with himself and with, with God. And so when Jesus calls God Father here and in so many other places, you know, this is beyond, he's speaking in a way that's beyond the literal you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cliche now that image of a white man up in uh, on some big throne in heaven um but that's kind of the mental model that a lot of us have the image of of god that we have stern and beard and crabby and judgmental but it, let's get beyond the literal and beyond that that just such a small image Jesus is even speaking beyond the symbolic and is speaking of the, the here's, here's a new word, here's the word of the day. It's kind of archetypical. This is an archetype. You know, an archetype is, is something that's true everywhere and always. And we can understand that, there, that God in many ways is the archetype of the Father. Um, even the archetype of the mother, um, and can recognize in uh, the reverence that many have for Mary. Uh, there's an archetype of the mother, of the the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. You know, the the masculine, the the, the kind of the archetype of father, is one who shows conditional love. Everybody needs conditional love that, that, that sets limits and boundaries and, and expectations. Uh, the one whose love is chosen. And when you receive love from the Father, it is a chosen love. Um, that archetype of the Father is also an active one, one of initiative, of a protector. The, the archetype of the mother is of unconditional love. You know, is always there. Um, not even a not even a question. And and of a, a receptive and a willing and a patient presence. That uh, that kind of a presence is is perhaps what we experience in stillness and silence and solitude. And I hope that you can see how God incorporates both. Uh, these archetypes of the mother and the father. Um, this holy mother and holy father being the kind of perfection, um, the, the, um, the, the, what our heart yearns after uh, when we yearn for a mom or a dad, when we want our mom or our dad. What shines through um, 
these the people in our lives that show us motherly and fatherly love um, has shined through our very own parents. And it's not that these archetypes of mother and father are ideals that we should be comparing people, you know, moms or dads, women or men, to these ideals, that they have to fit in those boxes. But every single person has both the sacred masculine and the capacity for the sacred masculine, the capacity for the sacred feminine. Their, their true selves incorporate those. Um, you know, I experience this in, in men who, who fight and push and, and resist that idea that they might have a, a feminine side as a sign of the wound, the father wound, the mother wound, remaining unhealed. Um, yeah. You know, I remember, um, you know, so let's talk about parents for a minute. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be, every, all, every one of us is a parent in some way. If only because we parent our own inner child. I, you know, the, the, I think this uh, was maybe the 80s and the early 90s, and some people may roll their eyes at this, the inner child idea. It's kind of been pushed uh, beyond usefulness in some ways, but uh, it's true in my experience, you know, that there is a, there's a Clark, a three-year-old Clark inside of me. Um, uh, <laughs> wild and rambunctious, but also afraid and alone. There's a, uh, there's a 15-year-old, 13-year-old Clark in me with all that rebelliousness and pouty that's kind of, you know, that sullenness, uh, uh, but that still needs love, <laughs> needs something solid to push against. And even if you've never given birth to a child or, or parented a child, you have parented yourself um, in the ongoing process for all of us of growing up, <laughs> of really contending and, and honoring, holding these wounds, father wounds and mother wounds. I can re I remember so very clearly um, visiting my therapist once and she was, she, she was teaching me about this inner child um, and, and helping me to come into contact with my own three-year-old Clark. You know, I've talked before about that that my first memory is about three years old of, of hiding under furniture and watching my dad kicking a, another child, a young girl who was, uh, had come, my, my mom did an in-home daycare and he, my dad was kicking her around the room and, you know, I was hiding under furniture and my mom was nowhere in sight. You know, this is kind of like the, that's my orphan moment, you know? That was the moment where I just, a moment where I just felt utterly alone and that can often I just go back to um, in moments when in the present when I feel that that fear of aloneness or or anger or what have you and so my therapist you know knowing that story was inviting me to take you know she, she actually handed me a pillow and she said this imagine this pillow is you is your three-year-old self um, talk to him and I in that moment that first moment had had nothing to say you know I, I she said you know 
tell tell him how you'll how you love him and and we'll take care of him etc and I, I i couldn't I, I i just felt a numbness towards him i felt a um i felt that those words would just be untrue but that in itself was a sign of the wound of that father wound of that orphan wound and thanks be to god for the healing that in time i could you know in my memory go back to that moment and and be be a protector you know be uh choose that three-year-old clark you know that that kind of healing is is what turns our wounds any kind of a wound um, into a sacred wound I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but, you know, the people that I know, have known, and I know who are the most giving kind of a people, the most loving kind of a people, they're the people who, they're, they are not people who have never been wounded. You know what I mean? They're not the kind of people who've had perfect, painless lives. Um, instead, they're the kind of people who, whose wounds have been healed and who, in many cases, will even speak about how, what the, what the gifts have come out of that wound, the way that God, if they use that language, um, turned that wound, that emptiness, into a source of life for them in some way. And I certainly can I experience that in my own life, how that, that moment, you know, that, that pain, that wound, hiding under furniture, being afraid of my own dad and my mom being nowhere in sight. Um, that has been, for me, the, the source of a great empathy. Um, it has allowed me to, um, to understand what it's like to be... Um, powerless and to I identify with people individ on an individual level and on a societal, societal level. Um, and certainly the healing that has come out of that has, that's what kind of fuels this hope in resurrection. This faith that God will turn death into life, that God will wipe away every tear, that God will heal every wound that God will draw us into God's self. That's what makes that wound sacred, is, is the healing and, and the hope that springs out of it now. Um, that can't happen on, on, when it's still raw, you know, and, and uncared for and unhealed. Uh, but on the other side, that's when it becomes sacred. You know, this time, um, this time when we're separated, this time when there's so much fear, um, so much uncertainty about the future, I mean, this can be a time that excites that sense of abandonment and, and maybe even um, touches in a painful way those mother and father wounds that 
we may carry. And it's, it's true, it's true at all times, um, but even now, that we can look in all the wrong places for a replacement mother or father. I mean, look for it in a boyfriend, and look for it in a president, and find that it's not there, ultimately. Um, we have other ways of filling that emptiness and that, that void of those wounds. You know, right now in this time, it's for me, it's overwork. I just, it's really hard. part of it's working from home. That boundary between work and home is uh, uh, kind of dissolved. Um, but also, it's this, there's this deeper anxiety that it's hard for me to stop. You know, it's hard for me to just uh, rest. For others, uh, you know, it might be just one more drink, um, it might be something else, you know. We all have something, some compulsion, some addiction that we use as a, as a balm, try to, to kind of numb the wounds. What Jesus is inviting us into is, is the only kind of a relationship that is going to heal. The only kind of relationship that is really going, is really going to be a, a substitute. Uh, is going to fill that need. Uh, you know, when Jesus says that in that moment we will realize that um, he is in us and we are in him and he and all of us are in the Father together, in the Mother together, that's, that's that wound being healed. That's, that's us coming in contact with the true Holy Father, the true Holy Mother the way that God can be apparent to us in a way that we catch glimpses of in, in other people. Boy. And so that's what leads to us. And, and I hope that even in this time that we will turn to God and trust God um, as that father and mother that we need right now um, to, uh, you know, not, 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 not lie to us and tell us that everything is going to be okay. But at, in the deepest level, everything is going to be okay. That all will be well, finally in the end. And that God will be protecting us and God will always be here for us. That's, that's parent-type stuff, you know? And the kind of parent that only God can be for us, that we can be for each other. When we've experienced it from God, we, that's what we get to be for other people. You know, when Jesus invited people into uh, this deep and intimate and real relationship with God the Father, God the Mother, it was because that's who Jesus was for people. Uh, Jesus was the Father, was the Mother that people wanted, needed, um, were fighting with, you know, um, were trying to find a way back to. And that's who we get to be. Um, is to just be a, a mothering and fathering presence in people's lives, um, even in our own lives, uh, in dealing with those, the inner children that we all have. And, you know, what Jesus is speaking here in John before his arrest and, and execution, his resurrection and ascension. But now looking back at that moment from the point of view of Easter, we're in the season of Easter now, I hope what you can see is that that 
that that being in the father, being in the mother, and um, coming into contact with the the truth of God as our father, God as our mother, God as our ultimate parent. That is what makes us deathless. You know, that's what makes um, because God is indestructible makes us indestructible. What makes us the kind of people who can change the world, can heal the world, even if it's just on the the powerful level of relationships, individual relationships. And so I hope that 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 certainty that we look for, it's in God, and that protector that we're looking for it's in God Um, that love that we're looking for it's in Christ and once you get a taste of that once that you once that touches you at the deepest level at these wounded levels wow that really just changes everything thanks be to God